Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, Fourth of July, was it awesome for you guys? You guys have some fun? Enjoy all the storms and the fireworks? Yeah. My air conditioning went out last Friday, um, so last week was the worst week of my entire life. But I uh, hope you guys had fun. I got to hang out with some friends, got to be away from my wife and baby. It was fantastic. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. It was, uh, God, really, God really blessed us. I was able to stay with some friends, and Courtney was able to spend the week away with her family and not melt inside of our house. But uh, it was awesome. And uh, the fourth was, I tell you, they say that um, last year um, I made a bomb. Um, and blew that bomb up. It was really fun. This year, um, I sat uh, sat with some friends and watched Monsters University. So what I've learned over the last year is that having a baby really does change you. Uh, A good friend of mine looked me right in the face. He goes, yeah, man, you're not as much fun since you had a child. I was like, thanks, man. That was awesome. Uh, but we are here at the last, this is the last message in this series, Hearing God. Um, if you, this is your first time here, you've been on vacation, uh, like it looks like half the church is on vacation, but if you've been on vacation and, uh, and, you've, and you, uh, you feel like you're missing something, chances are you probably are missing something. If you want to go back at harvestcove.org and all of our messages are on there, you can download our app. If you just search in any platform, Harvest Cove Church or Harvest Cove, our app will come up. You can download it, watch all of our messages and our blogs and stuff um, on there. But this is the last message. This has been a long, in-depth series. We usually don't do series this long, but it's just been something that we wanted to do because of just the, if we had an entire year to talk about the intimacy and our relationship with God, it wouldn't be enough time. Uh, because God is just, he's God, man. He's the creator of the universe. He's outstandingly amazing, something that we can't understand. And, and just over the course of this series, just talking about intimacy with him and talking about knowing him on a deeper level and talking about hearing from him and knowing his will, um, it's just something that, that we, could, we could preach every week on this idea and, and, just never, and it just never be enough. It's just how great he is. And um, it's just been, it's been great for my personal life. I hope that God has just been using it in your life. And, but here we are. Here we are at the end of this, this message today. And I want to leave you um, with with basically a, a small summary of the message, but then just some deep points. Um, and I want to end on uh, just a, what I will really think will be a special time in, in a lot of our lives. But um, one of the, the things that the scripture I want to talk to you about today, is, and it's something we're going to use, it's something that's close to my heart. This is actually something that I, I, I read almost every day and I pray in my own way almost every day uh, for the people of Harvest Cove. And this is, a, this is something that Paul wrote um, um, a, as a prayer for uh, some of his people. And this is what it says. It says, when I think of all this, this is Paul talking to the Ephesians. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you, talking about you, with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. This has really been the, this, the, my, my heart's prayer uh, for our people, for Harvest Cove, especially through the course of this series. Um, just coming down, I mean, you just read that last sentence, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I mean, what Paul's really talking about here, and, and, and if you look at the heading of a lot of your Bibles, I know the NIV and the ESV both have, this is, this is prayer for spiritual growth, spiritual expansion. That's what, that's what Paul says. He goes, I'm, I'm telling you, he goes, I'm, I want you to go deeper. I want you to, I want your roots to just sink deep into the love and the power of God. I want your life to be made complete. I want you, it says literally, I want you to experience uh, just the fullness and the power of God. I want you to experience the presence of God. I want you to know uh, the love of God. I want you to know how wide, how deep, how long, how great it is. I want you to know God on just this deep level. And this is something that shows up all throughout, all throughout Paul's writings. He says, I want you to just expand uh, spiritually. I want you to grow deeper spiritually. I want you to just, just, just everything you are, I want you just to experience the fullness of God in your life, you know, and one thing that, and as we as we've talked all the way through this series, it's really that's what it, the core of it has been about: just hearing from God, knowing God, being intimate with God, growing deeper with God, just getting to a deep place with God. And um, and as we come to the end of this message, I I, I just I want there's this God just put something on my heart, uh, just just one. One word just really put on my heart to leave you with because I'm well, and I, I talk about this sometimes, but I'm, I'm well under, uh, I, I know the truth. I'm not, I'm not delusional in the fact that every single message I preach changes your life forever. All right, I, I get that. And I do, I do that fun little game that makes me uh, want to hurt myself physically when I say, hey guys, you know, what was the last series about? And everybody just kind of looks around really awkwardly. That's because, listen, we only hold on to 5% right, of what we hear. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a preacher I am, how horrible of a preacher I am. It doesn't matter who's up here, who you 
hear, who you listen to, we only retain 5%. And so as I was really praying about how to end this series, you know, I said, God, what is just one thing? What is just one thing, you know, that, that, I, can, that I can preach, that I can teach just to, just to really communicate, you know, and so that they can, they can walk away with this. And this is just one word. And I, and I really, I was kind of mad at God, right? Because it's just the word that just really just popped in my heart. And this word's not sexy. You know what I mean? This word's just not like high impact. It's not, it's not, you're, you're getting ready, some of you guys are getting ready to write, a lot of you guys are about to fall asleep, but some of you guys are getting ready to write, and when this word kind of comes up, it's not going to, it's not going to blow your mind, but I'm going to tell you something, I'm going to tell you something, in my own life, and in the lives of a lot of people we see in scripture, in the lives of a lot of, of great uh, men and women um, throughout history, this word has been key uh, to a lot of things in their life, and that word, listen, that word is consistency, Right, that's, that word is consistency. That's what that is. It's consistency. And, and as we kind of come to this, we've talked about a lot of stuff. Um, and, and, and this word, and I'm going to tell you something. I am growing up, I was most consistent at being inconsistent. All right, that's just, that was kind of like, that was kind of me. That was who I was. I mean, most of my life, um, I, I, I moved around a lot as a kid, and we were at different houses and, and different schools and different stuff, and I just got, I was, I was totally cool with change. I enjoyed change. I liked new things, and so that just kind of put, that kind of created a, a habitual inconsistency in my life. Like, I just, it's just being consistent uh, with people, being consistent with things, being consistent with, you know, I've, I've done a lot in my life. I'm not good at a lot, but I've done a lot because I do something once or twice. Courtney always gets mad at me uh, because I'll do something. I'll buy something once or twice. I'll play with it, have a great time, um, and then I'll, I'll move on to the next thing. So consistency just, it hasn't always been a huge thing in my life, but, uh, but I have grown over the years with Christ, and this has become one of the most powerful things in my life, this thing called consistency. And we can argue about consistency all day long, and I know a lot of people uh, have their own definition of what consistent is, but here, here's something you can't argue with. You can't argue that consistency is every day, something that you do every single day. Consistency is something that you do every single day, every single day. That's what consistency is. And, and as we talk about hearing from God, we talk about growing to a deeper level with God. We talk about, about our roots being just grown deep into his love. And it comes down to this right here. It, it comes down to this word consistency. And I know sometimes some of us, we want a, we want a better word. We want a more exciting word. But I'm going to tell you right now, this comes down to consistency. Phil Jackson, anybody know who Phil Jackson is? He's a, a coach of uh, the Bulls with Michael Jordan and then the Lakers with Kobe Bryant. And he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, all-time coaches. He's won like a billion championships. Um, and they go in and they talk about, you know, what is, your, what is your definition of greatness? How do you reach that? You know, what do you preach, teach to your players? I mean, what do you, what do, you go? And he said, he said, it's consistency. That's what Phil Jackson, he said, it's consistency. Consistently practicing, consistently going back to the basics, consistently learning. He said, it's just driving at it, driving at it, driving at it. Uh, uh, anybody heard of John Maxwell? Right? One of the, he's just a great teacher of leadership. You know, and they say, he says, out of all your laws, he's got like, I think you know, when he wrote his first book called 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, um, and then he came out with about 10 more books that had so many other different laws. I'm like, maybe you should have just waited and wrote one book called 74 Laws of Leadership. But, um, but in all of it, and they asked him, I was watching an interview, he's getting older now, he's, he's getting close to to his 70s now, and, and I was watching, they were, they were honoring him, he's doing this thing, and they said, you know, out of, all the, out of all the laws, or all the principles, or all the things that you teach, all the things that, you know, over the years, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to, you know, to, to business leadership, church leadership, you know, what is the one thing, you know, that you would say the most important law, or the most important principle, and without a doubt, he said, he said, without hesitation, he said, it's consistency, he said, it's consistency, it's the, the number one thing, it's just being consistent um, at what you do, when it comes to spiritual growth, when it comes to leadership, and he just went down the line, he says, it's consistency, that's what it is. Uh, John Eldridge, he wrote, um, he wrote a bunch of books targeting, targeting men, and, and, and one of the things he talks about, one of the hardest things on the planet for a man to overcome or deal with in life is lust, and they said, well, what is that key to lust? And he said, just consistency. He said, that was the answer, consistency with God, consistently battle, just consistency, and that's what it comes down to, and consistency is doing something every single day. And uh, Malcolm Gladwell, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but uh, he, he did a huge study, and this is something that just blows my mind. He did a huge study, followed the Beatles, and he followed a lot of uh, different athletes or different businesses and stuff that, that acclaim to just the greatness, this ultimate greatness, people that have affected generations and generations like the Beatles. And they said, you know, what, is, you know, what was the one thing that you found? He goes, I found that they did whatever the thing that they were doing. They did it for 10,000 hours before they reached that level of greatness. And he came down, and in, in the paragraph where he writes about it, he says, listen, it's consistently doing whatever that thing was, and it's just consistency. 
It's consistency. And, and this is the thing, whether you want to lose weight in your life, right, or you want to get big and get muscles, or you want to learn how to manage money, or you want to save money, or you, want to, uh, uh, you just go down the line of anything that you want to do on any level, consistency, if it's not a part of it, you're more than likely never going to accomplish that thing in your marriage, right, in your relationships with people. It's consistency. It's consistently doing whatever it is that thing you're doing. And I'm going to tell you right now, in your relationship with God, right, in your relationship with, with the creator of the universe, your relationship with Jesus Christ, the most important thing in your realm of responsibility, right? Responsibility is what meaning? You have the ability to respond. You have the ability to respond to whatever. You're in your realm of responsibility. A lot of our relationship with God, our salvation, right? A lot, it's all on God. It's, it's God's power. It's God's strength, right? It's God's sacrifice. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. But we do have a small realm of responsibility. And our small realm of responsibility, the most important thing that we can have is consistently going after God consistency in our life. And I want to tell you, there's three things that I'm going to leave you with today. And I believe that consistency, the definition of consistency, the time frame of consistency is something that you do every day. Um, and, and this is what I felt the Lord really just put in my heart and put in my life to share with you this morning is no matter where you are in life, as a follower of Christ, whether, you, whether you've just, just now given your life to Christ or you've been walking with God for 50 years, or you've, you know, you're, the, you're the end all be all, you're the, you're the head deacon, you're the, big, you're the big man on campus. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are in your life or your stage with God. All right, I'm gonna tell you right now, I believe that consistency all right, is the most vital thing that you can have with God. There are things I believe that the Lord has, has kind of put, that shows up in the lives of leaders in Scripture that has put on my heart to share with you this morning three things that you can do every single day. And I'm gonna just quick, real quick show you the kind of the power of this. When I was in, when I, my first uh, year in college, my freshman year in college, I walk in. And I remember, remember the way I told you, I'm very inconsistent. I didn't like uh, being in the same place. I got bored very easily. And so when I was creeping into college, the idea of being in the same place for four years, uh, making all the classes or however many I had to pass, making sure I was there and, and, and studying for the exams and giving it all I had for four years, um, that, was a, that seemed like a huge chunk of impossibility for my personality and who I was. You know, I look back on it now, a little bit older, a little bit more mature, not much, but a little bit more old, a little bit more mature. I look back on it now and it doesn't seem like big of a deal, but it did going into it. And the very first message, the very first thing we heard going into the very first chapel was Dr. Kahn, the president of the school, and he shared a message. And he was talking about, listen, the first day to the freshman, he's talking about finishing strong on the first day. He wasn't talking about, you know, motivation. He wasn't talking about, like, you know, this is how you get started. He was talking about finishing strong. And he used this analogy. And I don't remember anything else he said, but I remember this analogy. He said, I want you to imagine if you had a, a giant tree, huge tree, and you were going to chop that tree down, all you had was an axe. And he said, I'm going to make you a promise. He goes, I'm going to make you a promise. If you go out every single morning and you, and you strike that tree five times with that axe, you hit that tree five times, you put the axe down, you go about your life, you go about your day, you get up the next day, the first thing you do, you just go outside, maybe drink some coffee, get some caffeine in your body, go outside, you hit that tree five times, you put the axe down, you go about your day. He says, I'm going to make you a promise. Depending on the size of the tree, I want to make you a promise. It may take a few weeks, it may take a few months, it may take a few years. But if you go out every single day and you strike that tree five times with that axe, I'll make you a promise that tree will fall down. Eventually, that tree will fall down. And it doesn't matter where you are with God. It doesn't matter what it is that, that, that you want to, to go. It doesn't matter what, where you are, whether you're, you want to know your purpose or you want to know the will of God or you want to just grow deeper or you want to figure out how you can please him. Or you wanna, it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what sin is in your life. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. I can promise you, if you just make these three things a part of your life every day with God, and you stay consistent with just these three things. That's it. You can add stuff to it later, but just these three things. I can promise you that God will begin to move in your heart and move in your life. And it doesn't matter what that tree is. It doesn't matter what that sin is. It doesn't matter what that temptation is. It doesn't matter what that is. I can promise you that thing will fall in your life. I can promise you over time. It may take a few weeks. It may take a few months. It may take a few years. But I can promise you that God will begin to move in your life and speak into your heart and show you who you're supposed to be and empower you to do the things you're supposed to do. And we'll get to that last sentence. Remember Paul's prayer? To be able to experience the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's my desire for every single person in this room this morning. So here's just three things, three things. And one of them is going to be, you're, you're already mad at me. All right, when I say this, because we've, this has been the, 
the pattern throughout this whole scripture, three things. First one, meet with God. Every single day of your life, meet with God. Be consistent in meeting with God. And I, and I, know, that, I know that we are, I know the human race is just completely self-involved and we are all struggle with pride on different reasons. Um, and I know that the reason, because of that, what I'm about to say is just not gonna mean what it should to our hearts and our lives, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. I've said it before, I'm gonna say it again. I want you to understand this truth, all right? God, the creator of the universe, all right? Just the magnificent greatness that if all of your mind power cannot fathom how big and how great God is, right? The God that created you, that thought of you, that spent time making you, that breathed life into you, that God, the creator of the universe, he wants to meet with you every single day. He wants to meet with you. He wants to make himself known to you. He was the one that oh, he wants to be your guidance. Right? He wants to be the one that directs you. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. You ought to go read that sometime. That's who God wants to be in your life. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be the one that leads you. He wants to be the one that gives you rest. He wants to be the one that gives you, uh, that, that feeds you. He wants to be the one that protects you from your enemies. He wants to be the one that disciplines you at times and to pull you back. He wants to be the shepherd in your life. He wants to meet with you every day. That's what the creator of the universe wants to do in your life. Now, I know that you want to watch the Kardashians, all right, and I know that you want to watch American Idol, and I know that you want to hang out with your friends, and I know that you want to go hit golf balls and I know that you want to shoot guns and I know you want to do all your little hobbies and I don't really know what girls do knit stuff like you want to you I know that you got those things that you want to do right I get that all right I, I trust me I get that I've got hobbies I love hobbies all right I got it all right I, but I'm gonna tell you something only a fool would make time for all of that crap and not make time to meet with the creator of the universe who gave up his son to give you the right to enter into his presence anytime you desire. Do you hear what I just said? All right. You have the ability every day, and people, people get mad at me about this, but I'm going to tell you something. The one thing in your life, the one thing that is truly yours, the one thing that is in your realm of responsibility, you can argue with me all day long, is your time. You have the choice to do what you want with your time. Well, I've got to take care of my kids. Actually, you really don't. A lot of people don't take care of their kids, all right? You choose to. I'm glad you do, all right? I'm not saying, Jordan said I could be a bad parent. That's not what I'm saying. But you have the ability to choose to be and to spend time with your kids. Does that make sense? You have the ability. Everything that you do with your time, you've chosen to do that thing, all right? You've chosen that. You have time to meet with God. God wants to meet with you, and you have time to meet with God. You have time to meet with God, all right? You have time to meet with God, and you need to do that every day. You need to be consistent with that every single day. And this is something I just want you to write down really fast. I'll read this real fast in Proverbs chapter 3. I'll read it in here, and then it'll be up there because um, I want to read. It's a little bit different there. This is what he says in the, in the ESV. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, as hard as that is. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So I, uh, that's what I want you to, I want you to, this is what it says, and this is the New Living Translation, um, and I just, I love this. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. I don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Now, I want you, if, if you have your Bible um, or you have your iPhone, I want you to highlight, circle, or text yourself I, the word trust, listen, and run. Because these are three things I would love for you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm telling you to put into your life every single day. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Because let me tell you something. If you haven't already figured this out, this is a broken world. All right? This world is broke. Anybody been paying attention to the news the last few weeks? All right? I don't, I don't care what side of crap you're on, all right, but this world is divided. This world is broken, okay? There are people that are pushing for all kinds of different things, and there's a lot of people, no matter what side you're on, all right, you have some idiots on your side. I'm going to throw that out there, all right? If you've been watching Facebook recently, people have really exposed how stupid they really are, all right? I'm going to tell you something. If you want some just purely fun, free entertainment, get on Facebook and listen to people who think that they can solve the world's problems, all right? They, don't, they won't say it to your face or actually get off their butt and do anything, but they sure will type fast, okay? Let me tell you something. We have to learn to trust God in these situations, all right? Because I, and, 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 I'm, and I'm not going to 
I'm trying to step on any toes. All right, but our government, not followers of God, okay? I hope that that's clear, all right? We can't trust the stability of our government, period, right? All right, don't, we can't, okay? Why? Because it's run by human beings and we are imperfect at best, okay? We can't trust the government. We can't trust the financial stability of this country. We owe China more money than we'll make in the next 25 years, all right? Saw that on Yahoo News. Google it, all right? We are not financially stable at all. At any moment, people are calling for a stock market correction. When that happens, your life will turn sour. I don't have any money in the stock market. It will affect everything. Real estate market. Remember 08? Did you guys see that coming? No one did, okay? Nobody. You don't see stuff like that coming. At any given moment, a part of our economy can collapse, all right, and it affects us for years and years and years and years and years. You can't put your trust in it. That means I don't care how much money you have in your bank account, you can't put your trust in that. I can't put your, I don't care what politician you believe in in the moment. You can't put, I saw the other day, there's like 73 people running for president or something like that. I mean, there's just like a billion people out there and everybody's got their own party and everybody's going to, listen, you can't put your trust in that. Most of those fools are out there for their own gain and for their own glory to fill their own pockets and they're career politicians and they've forgotten what it was to actually serve the people of this nation. That's everybody. All right. You cannot trust men and women. You can't do it. You can't put your trust in them. They will fail you over and over and over and over again. We have to get to a place where we can trust God because we are never going to understand anything. We're not going to understand it. And not in the good times, we're not going to understand anything. Not in the bad times. When tragedy comes to our doorstep, when bad things happen, when we go through trials, when we go through persecutions, we cannot, we're never going to have a full understanding of it. We can question God and we can ask God big questions. He's a big God and he can handle it. But at the end of the day, no matter what happens, we're never going to be able to fully understand it. And as followers of God, we have to learn on a daily basis to trust God from the bottom of our hearts fully and completely because we'll never understand. The second thing, every single day, listen for God in everything that you do. Everything that you do, everything that you experience, everything there, everywhere you go, you listen for the voice of God because God is on the move. All right, God's presence exists. The Bible says that the the oceans and the mountains and the sky themselves cry out the existence and the powerness of God. All right, that's what I'm like. Everywhere you go, everywhere you this week, man, I was able to hang out with a buddy of mine. We went to a field. All right, we hit some golf balls. We hung out, and as I was standing there looking around to the expanse of the sky, I was overcome by how small I really was and the greatness of how God was just by simply looking at the beautifulness of the clouds. All right, you may say, well, that sounds like an art moment. Like, I'm just telling you. I had a moment, all right? God is everywhere and he is in everything and it doesn't matter the chaos that's going on around you. He is trying to speak to your heart. He's trying to move in your life through every situation, every circumstance. God is moving in you. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to go deeper with you. That's what God wants to do. So listen, wisest man in the world, Solomon wrote this, wisest man in the world, wisest man in the history of the universe, trust God from the bottom of your heart every single day and you listen for him. That's why we have to study scripture. That's why we have to pray to listen to the guidance and the direction of God. And it says because he's the one that's going to keep you on track. The SV said he's the one that's going to straighten your paths. He's the one that's going to make sure you don't screw it all up. Listen for him. And he kind of exposes this. I love this. Don't assume that you know it all. I'm glad he said that because now I can say it to you. Don't assume that just because it pops in your brain, that that's it. That's the right thing to do. I, thought, I think of a lot of stupid stuff every single day. We're out in the foyer. I thought, hey, guys, uh, Brian, help me. We're going to set off the, the boxes in these little pyramids and put the book bags on. We'll have the sign out, and it'll be good. And I said, it's not the worst idea I ever had. And Brian said, what do you think that would be? And I said, dude, I don't know. That's a long list. Long list of bad ideas. Just because, I, just because it pops in my head, please, for your sake, let's make sure that I never think just because it pops in my head that that's the thing we should do. All right? Smartest thing I ever did in this life was realize just how dumb I really was. All right, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to hurt some of your feelings real fast. Pride and arrogance are going to destroy you, all right, because you think and you genuinely assume because you've been on this planet for 50 years or because you're successful at whatever you do or whatever, you think that just because you're brilliant. You're brilliant. You know it. You've got life figured out. Don't assume you know everything. Wisest man in the world. Don't assume you know. Listen for the voice of God. Listen for the direction of God. You can't trust your mind. 
all right, because sin has corrupted it, all right? It's, it literally says sin has, has changed our, it darkens our mind. It's put us into futile thinking. That nature is still there. It's wanting you to be stupid. It's wanting you to make bad decisions. It's wanting you to justify sleeping with your secretary. That's what it wants you to do. It's wanna, it wants to pull you and pull you and pull you away. You've got to trust God from the bottom of your heart. Listen for him. Let him guide you. Let him direct you. And then you have to forget that you think you know everything and then run to God every single day no matter what. You get a promotion, you run to God. Be thankful and celebrate. All right? Your marriage is falling apart, you run to God. You get fired from your job, you run to God. God opens up a new relationship with your life, you run to God. Things are good, you run to God. Things are bad, you run to God. No matter what it is, every single day, you run to the feet of Jesus Christ. Every day, meet with God. I can promise you this. If you get consistent in this, if you get consistent in this and trusting God every day, listening for God's voice, that means getting in his scripture, praying every day, five minutes, ten minutes, Every day and running to God, no matter what comes up in your life, you continually, you run to God, you bring it to God first. You acknowledge him, you run to him. Every day, I can promise you, God will begin to move in your life and do things that you cannot even imagine. He will guide you, he will lead you, he will direct you. He promises that, he wants that, he desires that. Be consistent in that. All right, because you're consistent in certain things. Right? You devote yourself to certain things. You invest yourself in certain things. There is no better investment in this planet than to be consistent with the God of the universe. And a lot of you, I'm telling you right now, a lot, a lot of your problems will simply go away as soon as you learn to trust God. Because without God, the smallest problem seems like the end of the world and can crush your soul. With God, I, the largest problem seems like something you can just step on and move on in life. Right, your problems are never going to change, right? This world's always going to be broke. Bad things are always going to happen. I can promise you that. But God is always greater than whatever it is that stands against you. Every day, be consistent. Trust God with all your heart. Listen for his voice and run after him. Right, I promise you. Because what we do, we don't want to go after God every day. We want to wait till life falls apart, and then we want to question him. We don't want to run to God every day. We want to wait, to, and then we want to blame it on him. We want to spend years digging our own holes, and then when we're at the bottom of it, get mad at God because we're down there. Be consistent with God. Go after him every day. Number two. Number two. Use your gifts and your abilities because they are directly related to your purpose. I hear this all the time. Well, I just don't know what my purpose is. I'm going to help you out real fast. I'm going to teach you something. God's pretty simple. He makes things. He knows that we're sheep, right? He knows that he's got to make things simple for our minds. I'll tell you something. Every single person in this room, if you are a follower of Christ, your ultimate purpose is to bring glory to God Almighty. Absolutely 100%. Follower of Christ, you are a Christian. You have put your faith in Jesus Christ. The purpose of your life is ultimately to bring God glory out of your life. The mission of your life, all right, the same mission for every church, every Christian, the mission of our life is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. The Great Commission. Read it. It's important. All right? The vision of our life or what our life looks like or how we do those two things that's where it's diversified. That's where it changes. That's where it's different. And that thing right, is built around your gifts and your abilities. It's built around your gifts and your abilities. And you need to be consistent with those every day. You say, listen, I just don't, I don't know what my gifts are. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know what your gifts are. You know what your abilities are. And let me tell you, I'm going to give you three parameters really fast. Number one, you know what it are because you're going to be good at it. You can get your pen, man. It's cool. Go ahead. I'll get it for you. Sit right there. Now, I need you to take notes. You're the only one in church taking notes, man. You should write that down. I like you, dude. I like your flag shirt. Happy fourth. Be consistent, all right, with your gifts and your abilities. I'm proud of this kid for taking notes. You guys should take notes. No, I know everything. I have a great memory. No, you don't. You're dumb. Sorry, just kidding. Be consistent, all right, with your gifts and your abilities, man. You know, you know what your gifts and your abilities are because you're going to be naturally good at it, right? People, people get all confused. People are like, well, listen, the only gifts you can really have is, is to be a preacher or to be a singer. 
And I can't do either one of those. All right? Read the Bible, dude. All right? God has blessed us so many gifts and so many abilities. So many gifts, so many abilities. There are things in your life that you're good at. All right, some of you guys, you just have a keen ability to throw a football better than everybody else. All right, some of you guys can kick a soccer ball. Some of you guys can draw. Some of you guys are just good at art. You just look at things and you can create things with your mind. I can't do that. All right, some of you guys, listen, I know this, some of you guys, you just know how to make money. You just, you're gifted. The Bible actually says that is a gift that he has given. You have the ability to work and to make money. You just know how to turn a profit. All right, there are certain people, man, you give them a stick, they'll come back with a gold bar in a day and a half. All right, because they just know how to profit. They know how to trade. They know how to work the system. They're just good at making money. God says that is a gift. All right, and a part of that gift, he says, it's a giver. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fund people to preach, and I'm going to fund people. I'm going to create people and give people gifts and abilities to build the church financially. All right, some of you guys can sing. Some of you guys can't, but some of you guys can sing. All right, you can do. You can just you can pick up an instrument. It blows my mind, man. I pick up. I, I mean, I pick up an instrument. And it just like Taylor just thinks I'm gonna every time I pick his guitar, but I do it on a regular basis. He just looks at me like, oh my god, he's gonna break it. He's about to break my guitar. It's a very expensive guitar. Drew, will you put that down? All right, listen. I love to sing, dude. I really do. I love it, but I'm just not good at it. All right, I'm just not good at it. I wish, there's a part of me that wishes that that was my calling, and I know for whatever reason a bunch of us, we wish that, but I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hurt your feelings, but I'm gonna help you out a whole lot. If you can't sing, God didn't call you to be a singer, okay? If you can't hold a tune, well, you just gotta believe in the power of God, all right? If God wanted you to sing, he would have given you a good voice, right? Some of you just got to get that in your brain. You're going to be good at it, all right? Some of you guys, man, you're just great managers. You, just man, you, can, you can get a system, and you can just manage that system like crazy. You're just good at it. You just think like that. You see like that. That is a gift. That's a gift. Some of you guys, man, the Bible says some of you guys are encouragers. Right? You're just encouraged. You can, just, you can walk into a room, and I love these people. These are the people I pray I see every day. There's a lot of people, the opposite of whatever that is is your gift, all right? I don't like seeing you coming, okay, but... But the encouragers, man, they just come in. They're just like, you know, Jordan, that's what you know, man. That's what I know. Your smile brightened my day. I was like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you. That means the world to me. Some people, they can say the dumbest things, and you just walk away happy. Like, that's a gift, all right? That's a gift to be an encourager. That is a gift, man. Some people say there's a gift to just kind of come along somebody and mentor somebody. That's a gift. Not everybody can do that. Just kind of come along somebody. Some of you guys are your teachers. Doesn't mean necessarily you're a preacher, but you're a teacher. You have the ability to teach. You have the ability to just communicate truths to people. You just have the ability to, to just teach, man. That is a gift that God has given you. The Bible says some of you guys, you're just, you're, you're ultimately gifted to just serve people. It's just your heart's desire. I know, I see you guys coming a mile away, and I try to recruit you as fast as I can. You're just, you're just a servant. You just want to serve. You just want to come up under something, come up under somebody, come up under a system, come up under, and you just want to serve, and you want to be there, man. You just want to, you just, whatever, what do you, you want me to scrub the toilets? I'll scrub the toilets. You want me to clean the sidewalk? I'll clean the sidewalk, man. I'll tell you one of the things that makes my, I just, it, it brings so much joy to my life to just me just be sitting here during the day and me hear like a loud noise and walk outside, and somebody is just out there cleaning the sidewalk. Happened multiple times. Yeah, I just, man, I just come out, I just, you know, I want to come out here and serve, and the sidewalk was dirty, so I cleaned it. I mean, that's just, you have that ability. You just want to serve. That is a gift, all right? And you're going to be good at those things. Whatever it is, you're going to be good at it. My prayer is that even just in this message, God will reveal to your heart what it is. The second thing is, man, you're going to love to do it. All right, and I got these from, uh, I got these from uh, Max Licato. He wrote these out when he's talking about gifts and abilities, something I've never forgotten. And he says, you're going to love to do it. Right, it's, God's not going to call you to do something that you hate, right? That's right, so why God didn't call me to be a landscaper, right? Because I hate yard work. Cannot stand it. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. All right? I hate it just about as much. No, that's pretty much it. I hate like, just being outside and like, and I mean, I'll cut the grass. That's fine. But just like, just like, man, going outside and spending money, Courtney, just, I do cut the grass. It gets cut. All right? Just like God, and like, just, but there's some people who love it, man, and they're good at it. They're just good. They're good at it. They, they just come out. Some people's yards, like it just, it looks like, like a painting. 
All right, the grass across the street from mine. Mine looks like the desert, all right? Theirs look like, like, a, like a painting, all right, from like what I imagine like a field in heaven would look like. The grass is just thick. The mulch is like dark brown. There's flowers everywhere. All right, there's these, there's these rocks, and there's like, and I, I swear on my life, there's like these little gnomes, and they move around all the time. And I just like, I want to like start tagging them and just to see if like there's more. And I got, I don't know if it's alive or, but they're just moving them. But I mean, it's just out there. People, I mean, people are just good at it. And they do, you're going to love whatever your gift is, man. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I mean, you, if you're a manager, if you just have, you're going to love managing people. You're just going to love it. It's going to be something that, that energizes you, that brings you, that brings you joy. You're going to love it. All right. And the third thing is, and this is a big thing, man, you're going to have an opportunity to do it. God's gifts, his bill, his talents, the things that he's given you, you're going to be good at it, all right? And you're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to be energized from it. And God's going to open up a door for you to do it, all right? It might, listen, I'm not, there's so many things in this life I'm not good at. Like most things I'm not good at, all right? But listen, the one thing that I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, my gift, my gift is to communicate this book to people's lives, Right? And I, it's not prideful to say that I'm good at that. I am good. Doesn't mean I'm great at it. Doesn't mean I'm fantastic at it, but I'm good at it. I feel natural when I come up here and just to talk to you. All right? Some days I'm so good, you, don't, it's, you just get it early and you just go to sleep the rest of the time. That's how good I am. All right? I just talk, and you just, you got it. Then you were so good, I got it in the first eight seconds, man. And then I just, I meditated on it for a while. I just sat there, I took it in. I took it in. I was really, I was just praying for a vision while I was dreaming. I was just praying God would take that. All right, no, man, but listen, I'm, I, I'm natural at it. That's just, that's just, I've always, ask any of my teachers. I have always been great at talking, all right, from day one. Even if she was talking, I still had the ability to get the attention of the rest of the class, all right, and have them focus on me and me to teach them whatever it is that I was going to teach them that day, all right, how to make metal hornets to flip at people, all right, whatever it was, how to play football, with the little thing, I could do that, all right? All right, how we were going to attack our enemies at playground, all right, just whatever it was. All right, I just, I've always been good at talking, right? And they used, they used to give me great, every report card that was always a part at the bottom that just explained how good I was, all right, at communicating. It was just, it was fantastic, all right? I really, I was encouraged by it. Every single semester, I knew that that was going to be at the bottom of it. It was just something I've always been good at. But that's what you're, and I love it, dude. I love it. I've been preaching since I was 17 years old. And every single week, man, every single week I'm excited about it. I'm energized. I get up early in the morning on Sundays and just, I'm just pumped because that's what, I'm, that's what I'm called to do, man. That's my gift. And I love it. I love it. And God gives you an opportunity to do it, man. He will, he'll get he, all the time. And I don't mean just here on Sunday mornings. I mean just like running into somebody at the gas station. I think God opens up an opportunity for me just to share the word of God with them, All right, just to, just to encourage them with the word of God or just, just to show them something in the word of God. It just, it encourage. I mean, I just, I'm just, I get energized by it. I think those are the things in your life. I want you to think about those things. And I'm telling you right now, you have the ability to do it every day. You have the ability to develop it or cultivate it every single day. I promise you, you do. You have the ability that whatever platform all right, God will build around your gifts and your because t- He will. All right, you have the ability to use that platform every single day. It may not be in a high impact way, but you can have the ability to use that every single day. And I think that we need to be consistent in meeting with God, and we need to be consistent in developing and using the gifts and the abilities that God has given us. Understanding that He will build a platform around those abilities, and He will use that in order to lead people closer to God, lead people closer to Christ, lead people in a growing relationship with him. And ultimately, he will receive glory from our life. And I can promise you, you will never be happier. Doesn't mean you'll be wealthy. Doesn't mean you'll be rich. Might not even be successful according to the American dream, but that's kind of going downhill anyway. So at the end of the day, I'm telling you, there's nothing you will be happier with. Then you will find joy in nothing more in this life than doing what God has put you on this planet to do. And I'm telling you, it won't take long to find it. Because you already know, some of you already know, I'm, you're just good at it. You love it. God's going to give you an opportunity to do it. And be consistent with that every single day. I already used it before. Malcolm Gladwell said, after his study of all the great, and he says 10,000 hours. That's about 10,000 times what it takes to be great at something. So take an opportunity to knock one of those times out every single day. All right, develop who you are. And number three, and this is a big one. This is what I want to end the series on. Um, you need to learn to receive God's grace. 
every day. The Bible says that we are in his fullness. Uh, we have been given grace upon grace. Uh, in the Greek, that, that is uh, some kind of word I can't remember, but it just means, it goes on and on and on. It means grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. That means that no matter what you do in this life, no matter what sin right, creeps up in your life, no matter what you think, what you do, there is grace to cover that. There is nothing greater than God's love in your life. And what I think happens, and especially just kind of in the direction that kind of the modern American church has gone, we put a massive emphasis, and I, and I do this too at times, sometimes to a fault. We put a massive emphasis on application and practicality. I do that. I'm, I love teaching that. I think that's very beneficial. But we, the, the backside of that sometimes is we get to this mentality of moralism and we get to this kind of this mentality of, of and it, we don't want to say these words, right? But it, it kind of comes back to, yeah, okay, we, no moralism, no works when salvation, God does all the work, we just receive that. But then when it comes to our everyday life, I, we, we think that we have the power to kind of separate ourselves from God. We think that we have the power to sin and, and God will be done with us. And then we think that we have the power to sin and that's going to hinder, you know, our relationship with God and, and that there's all these things that are, you know, and we just kind of get to this place to where we allow sin to kind of creep in and when that sin creeps in, a lot of times what follows, especially in the life of a Christian, and we don't always call it this, but kind of what follows is guilt, right? And this guilt kind of just separates us and it just makes us not, makes us feel unclean. It makes us feel dirty. It makes us, you know, we just think, man, I'm just a liar. We think I'm just, you know, I'm just arrogant. I'm just, I'm just filled with anger. And, you know, it's just this guilt. Just over t- and then the enemy walks through the door of that guilt, that open door, and he just begins to con- try to convince you uh, that all you'll ever be is a loser. All you'll ever be is a liar. All you'll ever be is an adulterer. All you'll ever be is a cheater. All you'll ever be is, is that. And he'll just try to convince you that that's who you are. That's who you'll be. That's what defines you. And, and I want to tell you today, as we kind of close out this series, I'm going to go back just for a minute. I'm going to go back to the very first uh, prayer from Paul, just for a second. And I want you to see this very first prayer from Paul. First slide. The first slide. That's number one. There we go. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. It's part of what you listen to. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to fully understand or understand fully, then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and power. Then, as in what I just said before that, has to happen before you'll be made complete. And I want you to understand what it is. What it is is you have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, how deep His love is. God said, until you understand how wide, how long, how deep, how great my love is for you, you'll never be able to fully experience the completeness of the life that I have for you. And the enemy's gonna do everything in his power to convince you that there's a limitation to his love. But I wanna tell you this morning and do everything in my power to convince you there is zero limitation to his love. There is no strings attached to his love. That he loves you. The Bible says he loved you even when he knew you were a sinner. He loved you even when he knew you were going to be a liar, even when he knew you were going to be a cheater, even when you knew you were going to struggle with lust, even when he knew you were going to be a thief, even when he knew you were going to be bitter, even when he knew you were going to be a gossiper, even when he knew you were going to be an adulterer. He said he loved you from that moment, from that time, he loved you. And from the very first, the very first sin in Genesis, the very first act of defiance, the very first act of disobedience, we see the eternal heart of God immediately. Right? Adam and Eve, they do their thing, man. They go out, have the entire world as yours. Just don't eat from that. Just don't do that one thing. And they said, okay, that's the one thing we're going to go do. So they go over there, just like us. They go over there. They take it. They do their thing. 
Eve blames it on Adam. Adam blames it on Eve, and then they run. I want you to, I want you to hear this. This is what, now you go back to the, there we go. Now, then the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden, meaning they just sinned, right? They spit in the face of God. They disobeyed him. They had the entire world. They disobeyed the one thing he asked them not to do. All right, and then God, God struck them with lightning and killed them. God came down with anger. God destroyed their souls. God blew up the earth. No, I said that God came down into the garden in the cool of the day. As they tried to hide from him, he's the one that cried out, where are you? Now I want you to think about that. Now, the guilt's getting them, right? They're the ones, they're, they hear God coming, they're running. They hear God coming, they're hiding. They're going to do their thing. God's going through the cool of the day. He paints a picture. Everything else is fine. Right? God's coming down into the garden. He says, where are you? He's looking for you. He was looking for Adam. He was looking for Eve. He was looking for them. A few scriptures later, he immediately started the process that eventually led to Christ to save us from all of our sins. In that moment, God's looking for you now. And this is what I want you to understand. This is what I want you to get to. I'm going to be careful how I say this. As a follower of Christ, as a Christian, you can say all day long, right, that I'm not a sinner. And you're not. Right? You're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But you still sin. Sin's not okay, right? It's definitely not okay to be okay with sin in your life. But sin shows up, right? You sin. You lie, you cheat, you steal. Sometimes you do some little bit more crazier things than that, a little bit more darker things than that. It exists in your life. What I want you to understand right now in this moment, that sin does not have the power to hinder your relationship with God if you don't allow it to hinder your relationship with God. Because the blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice, his love for you is far greater than any sin that you could ever commit. And what I see in the lives of our people and in my own life over and over and over again is that when this sin creeps in, we allow the sin to just strangle us and, and keep us down and make us think that we're worthless and make us think that we'll never be able to operate in our calling and, and we're just struggling with this and we'll never be able to do that. And I want you to go back and I want you to actually read the Bible sometime and I want you to see an overwhelming pattern. Abraham was a liar, but he said, I'm going to be your friend, right? And David was a murderer, but he said, I'm still going to be your father. I'm still going to keep my promises to you. Peter betrayed him, but he said, I'm still going to use you. Paul murdered the church. He said, but I'm going to show the world my grace through you. He tells stories. He said, even if I have 99 sheep, I will leave those 99 sheep to go get you. If you take everything I've given you, like the prodigal son, you throw it all away. You become worthless. As soon as you're ready, I'll be waiting on you. Not just to love you, not just to hug you, not just to clothe you, but to throw you a freaking party because that's how happy I am you're back home. Let me sum this up. There's nothing that you can do today that will stop God from loving you tonight. Nothing. He defeated sin, the power of sin, on the cross a long, long time ago. And you need to stop living your life like that sin still has power over you because it absolutely does not have power over you. And what I think you'll notice is that if you stay consistent with going to God every day, and you stay consistent in your word, you stay consistent in prayer, what I think you'll notice is that sin will become less and less and less in your life. And when you get to that realization that if I mess up today, God's forgiveness exists. The Bible says in Romans that through faith in him, we are justified and we literally stand on grace daily. Meaning that even though I sin, God doesn't see me as a sinner. The lies, they don't define you. The adultery, it doesn't define you. The divorce, it doesn't define you, all right? The thievery, it doesn't define you. The cheating, it doesn't define you. 
The lust, it doesn't define you. The anger, it doesn't define you. The pride, the arrogance that rules your life, it doesn't define you. God doesn't see you as that. God sees you as sons and daughters because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees you as righteous because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He sees you as whole. He sees you as pure. He sees you as a daughter and a son of his. And you need to learn to receive that every single day day of your life, when you wake up in the morning, you thank him for what he's done for you. When you go to bed at night, you thank him for what he's done for you. And you say, in your own way, you receive that grace. And you know, today, I stand on the grace of Jesus Christ. Because I know no matter what the world wants to tell me, his love is unlimited. And when you can start to fathom how deep, how wide, how great, how long his love is for you, you'll start getting to that area of completeness and experiencing the fullness of life and the power that God has for you. Be consistent every day. Meet with God. No reason you shouldn't. Trust Him. Listen for His voice. Run to Him every single day. Use the gifts that God has given you. And no matter what goes on in your life, every single day receive the grace that Christ has for you. It is unlimited. Stand with me. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the people in this room, God. Lord, I know this is a busy weekend. I know there's a lot of people out on vacation, but here's what I believe. I believe that the people that you wanted in this room are sitting in this room this morning, God. Maybe they're 500th time here. Maybe they're first time here, God. I pray, Lord, right now, if they are in this room, it's because you called them to be in this room. In your sovereign will, Lord God, you made sure they were in this room this morning to hear this message, Father. I pray, Lord God, right now that you will let your spirit rest in our hearts and our minds, God, that you will let your presence rest in this place, Lord God. You will open our hearts and our souls and our minds up to the deepest part of who we are, God, and you will let us know your love is unlimited, God. Your love is unlimited. Your greatness is unlimited, God. Your sovereignty is unlimited, God. You cannot be controlled. You cannot be figured out. In our greatest minds, we cannot fathom how great you truly are, Father God. Your love is unlimited, Father. We are not defined by our sins. We are not defined by the pride, the arrogance, the lies, the adultery, the stealing, the cheating. We are not defined by that, God. We are defined by the cross, Lord God. I pray, Lord, right now that you will bring a desire, a deep desire, God, for our people, Lord God, to meet with you every single day, God, to trust you every single day, God, to listen for your voice, your guidance, your direction every single day, God, to run to you in the good times and the bad every single day, Lord God, that you will use us, God, every day to develop, God, and use our talents, our gifts, our abilities that you've given us, God. And I pray more than that. I pray, Lord God, that every single day, Father, we will have the power to understand the greatness of your unlimited love, God, so that we can be complete and experience the fullness of life and power that you have for us, God. I pray, Lord, that you would just be with us this morning, God. Protect all those at the beach and on vacation, God, and as they all come back through this week, Lord, I pray that you would just be with them, God. I pray you will pray for the people that are just here this morning that you will be with them, God. You will just comfort them as we leave, God. If we leave with one message this morning, God, let us leave with this one truth. You love us. You always have. You always will. You hold in your precious name.